Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Wendy Dillard here. Today is Wednesday, May the 23rd, 2018. 4 p.m. Eastern Time, your second daily dose of happy for the day. And I am happy to say we actually did two daily doses of happy today because we've had so many uh, issues in the past. We actually got it out. It works. I mean, the music's playing. Everything's playing the way it's supposed to. It's back to normal. Hooray! Oh, happiness. happiness. It's a happy, happy day. So, yeah. I mean, and plus, it's gorgeous. I mean, I I always like weather reports that a gorgeous day is a gorgeous day. I got my bike ride in. I was a happy camper. So good things going on today. And the book is out. The book is launched. The book is actually there. We're doing the official launch this weekend, of course, with the uh, free ebook offer to all of you wonderful listeners. Um, So anytime between Friday, May 25th and Monday, May 28th, just go to our homepage, LOAToday.net, and you will see a little link there with a picture of the cover. Just click on it, and it will take you to where you can get it for free. So, good things happening. Good things happening. How are you doing, Wendy? And if you're wanting... uh, Well, good, and I was going to go on with the book. If people want um, a paperback version, which I know that's how I like to read things. Mm -hmm, Uh, Sure. uh, It's preferred to me over Kindle. Mm -hmm. Um. I'm assuming we're going to do our launch for the paperback on Tuesday. And the reason I'm assuming that is because I know the way that uh, myself and others who have gotten um, number one on Amazon, the way we did it is we requested people to buy a book on a specific day so that all of the people who purchased it on that day raise our ranking. And that's how you get to one. Okay. That's good. Well, we, so, we, we can actually get there um, over the weekend, too, but you think it's better to do it on well, a single day, huh? Yeah, I was going to say, because we're doing the marketing launch for the Kindle for four days, and it would be like a confusion thing if we also started um, talking about the uh, paperback. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll buy into that argument. That's fine. Um, sure. Let's, why don't we pick uh, Tuesday as the day? So uh, even though it... it you can still officially buy the the book there today and any day, but let's make Tuesday the official launch day of the paperback. Why not? Because yeah. we want to go to number one. And we certainly I would do. imagine that the people who listen to us would like to help us go to number one. I would so, think so, yeah. And Tuesday, I believe, is one of the days that's like a lower volume day for new books to come out or for launches. So Tuesday's a great day to do a launch. Wow, you've really done your homework. I've done a no, I've done a number one bestseller. I know how this goes. <laughs> I guess so. Wow, I'm impressed. Okay, well, we're going to follow Wendy's lead on this then. That's excellent. All righty. <laughs> so Tuesday is our official paperback launch. I love it. Right. So if anybody's wanting the book in paperback, do me a favor. Hold off until Tuesday, May 29th. And, of course, go ahead and get the Kindle version as well because it's awesome to have both versions. That's what I like to do. Mm-hmm. So. Get the free version this weekend and then buy the paperback on Tuesday. Okay. That's a good plan. I like that. See, this is what happens when you have so many positive attitudes going on. All kinds of good stuff comes (laughs) out of it. Well, and I'm sorry if I spread, if I like just threw that at you, but I remember no, discussing good. that with you months and months and months ago, but you know, duh, like, am I really going to expect you to remember every conversation <laughs> we've ever had? No. <laughs> Especially considering we do five full hours a week and I can barely remember what I had for lunch yesterday. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> really, 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 you know, uh, well, I got to tell you, so as far as my update for how do, how am I doing today? I feel awesome. Like I have Whoa. such an internal pumped up feeling 
that things are moving in the direction that I want. And I have what I would call some minor like updates I can provide, but the feeling is not necessarily connected to anything big. It's just the growing feeling, the growing knowing that um, like my project X, which is my financial targets are really moving and grooving. I, I just feel the energy shifting. Nice. Yeah, that's good. Um, yesterday, I was telling you how like in five days, I had three people on eHarmony, you know, like reach out to me. And today I had a fourth one. Oh, this wow. is blowing my mind. <laughs> so yesterday I was saying that my man pipeline was open. Well, I forgot. I knew when I said pipeline, I'm like, that's not the word that came to me. But it was still the same idea. But I'm going to uh, say what really came to me for my guidance because this felt even better. Mm-hmm. My man channel is open. What's the word I again? Channel. Channel, your man channel. Okay. Yeah, like I'm tuned in to my man channel. Okay. So like, you know how Abraham talks about, you know, the fine tuning and, you know, you have to be like tuned in to that which you desire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're trying to get to 98.7 on, on the radio dial, but you're not tuned into 98.7, you cannot receive what's on 98.7. Funny how that works. And this is why the word channel meant so much to me, because what I felt was I've opened up to my man channel. I'm tuned into my man channel. <laughs> so whatever the man channel is for Wendy, I have tuned into it properly. And so I'm receiving what's in that channel. And so far, I've gotten like four hits in six days on eHarmony after not getting anything for over a year. Yeah, that's pretty crazy, to say the least. Yeah. But it's good. I mean, it's good crazy. I mean, there are bad crazies and they're good crazy. That's a good crazy. Yeah. So when I saw that today, I just laughed. I went, oh, my goodness. It would not surprise me if I just start being flooded with, you know, men reaching out to me. Now, and we all know not every man that reaches out is going to be somebody I'm going to say, oh, yeah, I'm interested. So far, only one out of the four have even been contenders for me. But um, I'm, ju- I'm just loving it because everyone tells me or not every person, but every one of these men that have reached out to me has been an indicator that my man channel is online, I'm tuned in, I'm the right channel, and all is well. So that in itself, it's exciting. So that's part of the building feeling. But the other one has to do with uh, moving into the luxury market for life coaching and offering premium services. And I started doing some reading um, because certain articles were just kind of presenting themselves to me today. And I started reading about how to be a part of the uh, luxury market, regardless what the industry is. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I literally start, this is the part I'm, I'm really sensing. I am now embodying that vibration. I'm embodying what it feels like to be in that premium service market. Because I'm becoming um, one of my own clients. I'm matching that vibration. Like I'm becoming desirous of luxury market. Okay, not becoming. I have been desirous of luxury market for a long time. <laughs> yeah. um, I cut out of a magazine a long time ago this phrase that's been sitting over my monitor for several years. And it says first class lifestyle. Because that's what I like. I, I guess like, so, yeah. You know, and just 
everything I've done today, everything I've touched in my in my house has just given me a sense of wealth. Nice. I feel not, when I say uplifted, yes, I feel uplifted emotionally, but I feel like I've up leveled vibrationally. Wow. And I like yesterday I had mentioned something about it would be a positive thing if my vibration about what I desire in life equals what my future clients will be. Mm-hmm, the sure. ones that are affluent and have, you know, like are wanting what I have to offer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be a peasant. I don't want to feel like a peasant and they're like, you know, bigger than God because they have so much money. Well, I want to feel like anyway. I'm on, on, yeah, well, I want to feel like I'm on equal footing because yeah, really only if we're on an equal vibration, can we really resonate with one another right. and, and do business? Exactly. So I totally feel the up leveling today. I talked about it yesterday, but today I'm getting it more in a sensory. Nice. Um, way and it's like this very good. good yeah so, so yesterday i was talking about how the new thoughts and the new things that were popping into my life are actual manifestations well a feeling like what i'm experiencing today is also a manifestation <laughs> you know and, yeah. long, and for years i never thought of having a feeling as a manifestation mm-hmm. but a feeling is a manifestation that's true yeah we don't normally think of it that way but it is for sure so. Very, very nice. I like it. I like it. Me um, too. Me oh, too. I also wanted to take a moment. We had. I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners uh, from north of the border, from up in Canada. Piera contacted me via Facebook, uh, friended me, and told me how much she loves the content of our show. So I just wanted to say thank That's you for that. That was really, really great to hear from her. And uh, I, I even invited her to be on the show sometime as a you know call in. And she seemed to like that idea, so she's going to check the schedule and see if you know if there's a time that matches up with her schedule. So we may get a call one of these days. That'll be great. Cool, cool. Yeah, we always like hearing from our listeners. So thanks again, Pierre, for uh, for contacting, for reaching out. That was really that gave me a nice little lift during that part of my day. It was great. So we are working along in the law of attraction, the basics of the teachings of Abraham, and we are in part four. We're on a subsection that is entitled, Am I Seeking Solutions or Observing Problems? And before we even get into it, I have to say this one resonated with me, particularly about three or four months ago. You'll remember that I I was kind of stuck on computer problems, and they just kept coming, and I kept getting more and more of them because I kept solving computer problems, and I was really focused on the computer problems, and finally realized, wait a minute. I'm focusing on the wrong thing. I should be focusing on the solutions and then they'll go away. And they did. (laughs) (laughs) So this, this is a very relevant section. Cool. Yeah. Let's see what Abraham has to say. You going to read today? No, I'll let you read. All right. So it says, many would say, Abraham, do you mean that I should put my head in the sand? That I should not look and see those who are having trouble. I should not look for an opportunity where I may be of assistance to them. And we say, if you intend intend to be assistance. Let me say that again. And we say, if you intend to be of assistance, your eye is not upon the trouble, but upon the assistance. And that is quite different. When you are looking for a solution, you are feeling positive emotion. But when you are looking at a problem, you are feeling negative emotion. And I can second that. 
You can be <laughs> you can be of great assistance to others as you see what they want to be and as you uplift them to what they want to have through your words and through your attention to that. But as you see one who is down on his luck, as you see one who has great poverty or great illness, and as you speak with him in pity and sympathy about that which he does not want, you will feel the negative emotion of it because you are a contributor to that. As you talk to others about, <clears throat> excuse me, about what you know they do not want, you assist them in their miscreating because you amplify the vibration of attracting what is not wanted. If Let's you stop see, there for a sec. yeah, sure. So that's really just a, I think, a really, really important thing to to note that if you feel the negative emotion of whatever somebody's trouble is. Mm -hmm. Abraham's saying you're actually becoming a contributor to it. Yeah, yeah. It's a big point, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's like, I don't, I, I think it's one thing to think that if somebody's talking to you about negative stuff, it's easy to kind of just, you know, move down into the same negativity. But to recognize you're actually contributing now by adding your negative, uh, even empathy, by adding your feelings of negativity you're actually contributing to their problem. Which is fascinating because we normally think that empathetic reaction is good. That's right. like, the, that's norm, right? That That's the normal way of, of looking at it. And what they're suggesting is you're not actually doing them any favors. No, no. And I mean, I have more to say on this, um, but I have a feeling Abraham may say it and then I'll comment afterwards. Oh, okay. but I just want to, <laughs> to stop and say, did y'all realize what Abraham is really saying? Mm, that yeah. when... Somebody's down in, in a downward place, and you join them, the, even if you're empathetic, you're actually helping to amplify and contribute to their problem. There, so, I said it again. <laughs> so let, yeah, there it is again. So let's look at that last paragraph, because like you said, maybe it'll address what you had in mind. If you see friends who are experiencing illness, try to imagine them well. Notice that when you focus upon their illness, you feel bad, but when you focus upon their possible recovery, you feel good. By focusing upon their well-being, you allow your connection to your inner being, who also sees them well, and you may then influence your friend to improvement. When you are in connection with your inner being, your power of influence is much greater. Now, of course, your friends may still choose to focus more upon the illness than the wellness, and in doing so, may remain sick. If you let your friends influence you to thoughts that cause negative emotion within you, then your influence toward the unwanted is now stronger than your influence toward the wanted. So was that what you were leaning toward, or did you have something else in mind? Well, um, I probably do have more to say. <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise, I know, right? great surprise, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> I was kind of looking at the beginning part of the paragraph where they were talking about um, notice when you focus upon their illness, you feel bad, but when you focus on their possible recovery, you feel good. And I was thinking of a time when somebody I know that I care about was um, having a physical ailment. And I was trying to do exactly what Abraham was saying, which is, I'm going to focus on this person's wellness and not the, the, the ailment. And I had a hard time doing it. And so it's like, even though I was trying to focus on their well-being, I was trying to focus on the healing part, that wasn't enough. Because I was so, not invested, but I was very attached. This person means a lot to me, and this person's pain was hard for me to watch. Mm. 
And just being around them, well, you know, it's a she. So while she was feeling bad, it was hard to go to a, just for lack of a better word, more neutral place Mm -hmm. where I didn't feel bad because I think it's so common for us to almost have our friends expect us to empathize and feel bad with them. Otherwise, we don't look like we're a very good friend. Right, exactly. And that's what makes it so confusing. And so fortunately, this person is somebody who understands the law of attraction like I do. And I just verbalized this really more for me than her. Mm -hmm. And I said, please don't be offended if I don't make comments about your pain and I don't, you know, wince my face like, ooh, when when she's kind of writhing, you know, because I said, I'm really going to try to stay in, in, in where I hold you in a place of wellness, but I can't do it if I do all the social norms of, oh, I'm so sorry you're hurting and what can I do for you and have this voice that sounds pitiful. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm really going to do my best to maintain stability on your behalf so that you can come into wellness. You know, and she said, I act, I appreciate that greatly. Thank you. And she said, no, of course, I'm not offended if you don't like, you know, wince with pain with me. I'd rather you didn't. Mm. <laughs> and I went, okay, cool. But she's kind of an exception because she, like us, understands how law of attraction works. But, you know, if I was with most of my family members and they were having a difficult time, if I didn't say that, they would think, God, are you so like uncaring and cold? And so that's kind of uh, something you kind of have to get over or find a way through it just to be able to make that shift into how you can be somebody assisting in their in their health and healing. It almost makes you know me wonder. Saying? Oh, I definitely know what you're saying. And it almost makes me wonder if uh, it might be a place where a, a sort of a modified version of pivoting might help. For instance, uh, somebody is experiencing pain, right? And so you want to emphasize, empathize with the pain. Wow, that really hurts. But boy, is it going to feel better once you get better? You know, the pivot. Something that says, yes, I, I feel your pain, but let's not stay there. That could help. Um, they might also think that that's too direct. Yeah, or, and, and, and that's always you know, the, uh, that's the challenge, isn't it? Because you're, you're kind of walking a, a, a balancing act, kind of. On the one hand, you want to be empathetic. On the other hand, you know that's really not the best way to help them, but they not, may not see it that way. So it's yeah, it's a it's a touchy point sometimes. It is, but you know, and I know that if you really like, if when I really desire to be the uplifter um, instead of somebody helping them stay in their pain, I'm saying, hey, inner being, you know, like on the QT, what can I say? What's mm. the right thing to say here? What will, what will allow me to feel good that I'm being their friend because that's what I want and also feel good like I'm making a difference using what I know about how I can be an influence for their well-being, you know? And uh, sometimes, I mean, I've been known to do all sorts of weird things because I've been on this journey for a while. Sometimes I'll say, hey, do you mind if I just talk about something completely on a different subject <laughs> just to help maybe distract you from the toothache that you're feeling right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can say, no, <laughs> I want to writhe in my pain and just ache, ache about this toothache. Um, but they might say, sure, go ahead. Anything will help. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been known to say, hey, why don't we put on some music? Because that might just kind of help to soothe where you're at. Okay, that could work. Or do you mind if I 
turn on TV. Let's watch something. It, it, you know, I guess distraction. I just did three different things of distraction. Well, there were also good I ways to distract because you, you did it a little bit differently than just distracting. You asked permission from them. In other words, you you demonstrated respect for whatever their personal um, frame of mind was. And in doing so, you also gave them the opportunity to either say, no, I'm not receptive or, yeah, I'd be receptive to that. I'm definitely into the permission thing. That's, mm. that's good. That's something I've done for a very long time because yeah. I did not like it when other people just abruptly did things to me. Mm. You know, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you know? Well, I'm trying to distract you. Oh, well, it would have been nice if you told me because I just thought you were being a jerk. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's a little embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but that's but good. It is, and it is nice to know that we can be an influence for good. We can mm. be an influence for well-being. And to do so, we cannot move down into somebody else's pain, whether emotional or physical, it's like, we can't join them, you know? And that's where Abraham oftentimes uses the example that Jesus did not join people in their pain. He yeah, saw sure. them as well, even though they came to them saying, Oh, I've had this problem forever and ever. And they go into their story. He didn't like respond to the story. Mm. He saw them as well. And so it's kind of like, he didn't really hear the story. Yeah. He, Maybe his ears did, but he didn't like give it uh, the focus and attention that maybe they had expected. And, and, and I guess, boom. strictly speaking, he, it is possible to fall down at that place. What's not possible is to fall down there and help them. You can't really help somebody when you're in the same kind of negative spot they're in. When you're in the, feeling the same negative thing they're feeling, you can't help them. There's no way to help somebody when you're like that. That's right. You have to be in the space of well-being in order to help bring them into well-being. Exactly. Or yeah. at least be at a higher vibrational um, essence than they are. Mm. If Even if you don't have, like, you're not in the, oh, my God, I see you heal and whole. If you're in the, I feel a sense of hope. Yeah. And they're feeling yeah. despair. Hope is a whole lot better than despair. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a much higher you know? up on the scale. Like, I know that when my um, sister's husband was in the hospital before he did die, um, I didn't know if he was going to die or live. Mm-hmm. But I did maintain a level of hopefulness, you know, and I know that my hopefulness kept her more buoyant, you know, and I'd say, I, I know where you are is rough. I've never been there, but I'm sure it is difficult. But, you know, here's here's some of the things that I, I've learned from law of attraction. Here's how I know how much his inner being is in a good place with him and he has choice. And so do you. And whatever happens, you're going to be okay. You're not really alone. And that, you know, those were words that I was giving her of hope. Mm -hmm. And she grabbed a hold of them mm -hmm. and held on for dear life. Yeah. And even now, it's been two years since he's made his transition. And she just said to me the other day, she said, you know, I don't think I could possibly be where I am as strong and solid as I am and moving on and dating if you hadn't kept me going, if you hadn't continued to provide me hope and actually continued to teach me about what was possible during those 17 days he's in the hospital. Very nice. And yeah, I was teaching. I know it might sound like an odd time to be doing it, but that's when she needed it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. And it, and it kept her from going under because there were some really, really, really difficult times. Because after he went in the hospital, 
I mean, actually, the whole time he was in the he never spoke. He was mm. never conscious. Oh wow! So she she was dealing with somebody who boom was airlifted to the hospital, and the last time she spoke with him was that morning. Yeah. You know, and so that was a lot to overcome. Oh yeah. To stay oh. on the positive side, and the whole time I just kept thinking, oh my gosh, this is hopefully going to be the most. I don't want to say the most difficult because I was hoping there'd be no, no other occasion like this, mm. but I was, was hoping this was the only time in my life I'd have to do something like this. But I went, this is a challenge of my knowing what I know. And mm. can I really be all that I've learned that is possible? You know, Final exam time. Yeah. Can, can I, yeah. And boy, I, I'll tell you, I was as exhausted as she was when, after he, he had passed because I had spent 17 emotionally challenging days. I, I was still working and I was taking her calls and I was, you know, uh, providing hope and encouragement to her every moment she gave me a, a phone call and, and needed something. Mm. And then there were the occasions I was with her at the hospital, but most of the time I was still working. Yeah. I was still having to do my day job. So. Right, right. But after that, I went, wow, I'm more than I knew that I was. I, I know my inner being knew that I was that, but I didn't because mm -hmm. I hadn't experienced it yet. So you learned But yeah. I do know it's possible that in, in the light of somebody going through something really difficult, with, and my intention was to do what I've heard Abraham talk about, like in this chapter, I've heard them talk about it over and over, that we really can be a power for well-being and influence for health um, and hope. But we have to put ourselves in that place first. We yep. can't offer something we're not ourselves. So, and by the way, they huh. um, they actually reinforce it with the next section because the next section is entitled okay. I, "I Uplift Through My Example of Well-Being," which is pretty much what you were talking oh, cool. about. Yeah. Well, let's go there. So it says, "You will not uplift others through the words of sorrow. You will not uplift others through your recognition that what they have is not what they want." You will uplift, uplift them by being something different yourself. You will uplift them through, your, through the power and clarity of your own personal example. As you are healthy, you may stimulate their desire for health. As you are prosperous, you may stimulate their desire for prosperity. So let your example uplift them. Let what is in your heart uplift them. You will uplift others when your thought feels good to you. You will depress others or add unto their negative creating when your thought makes you feel bad. And that is how you know whether or not you are uplifting. You will know that you have achieved the state of allowing when you are willing to allow another, even in their not allowing of you. When you are able to be that which you are, even when the others do not approve of what you are. When, you, when yet you are able to still be that which you are and not feel negative emotion toward their thoughts about you. When you can look into this world and feel joy all of the time, you are an allower when you are able to know which experiences contain joy and which ones do not, and you have the discipline to participate only where there is joy, you will have achieved allowing. Yep. Nothing <laughs> that, else to say, right? It pretty much summarizes it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I had something else happen to me today at work that I think fits into this. Oh, okay. Um, one of my coworkers had sent an email to about eight of us, and she just was like, hey, here's this new policy. We need to be aware of it. Um, and it was something really simple. Like we just went into a new expense reporting thing. And once upon a time with our old thing, if you needed to get like personal cash reimbursement, it came 
like in a separate direct deposit than our payroll checks. Oh, mm-hmm. And so this was just indicating that now personal reimbursements will be included in our payroll checks. Well, the way she had cut and pasted from the policy, it didn't feel very clear to me. And I didn't know if that meant it was going to be in our payroll check or it was going to um, come on the same day as our paycheck. But anyway, I tried to click on the link that she had provided and it took me to this you know, page on our website that had so many links. I'm like, I can't even find the exact little cut and paste that she had. So just wanting to be absolutely certain, because as an executive admin, my team of like 50 people, I often will have to field their questions. And if they want to ask this question, like, so how am I going to receive my personal, you know, expense reimbursement? I'd like to be able to tell them what's really up. So I just wrote back and I said, hey, thanks for, you know, sharing this with us. And I said, so I take this to mean that we will receive our personal um, reimbursements included in our paycheck. And so, you know, I didn't think anything of it, except, you know, there's eight people on this chain. And if I misunderstood, I assume somebody would come back and say, oh, no, you're wrong. This is what it is. Well, the, the first person that responds says it was unnecessary or your translation in quotes was unnecessary. Wow. And I went, okay, that felt a little sharp. Yeah. And Touched a nerve. I thought about it and, and it, I'm like, well, this is sort of uh, typical, if you will, for the person's personality. And I thought about it and I went, well, okay. I kind of feel like he was trying to slam me, but sorry, that won't work because I'm not going to feel bad. I asked a question because I, I mean, I threw out what I did because I really wasn't certain. So I went, well, do I want to respond? Do I not? I went, well, if he, if he only would have said it to me, I could respond only to him, mm. you know? And so I was like, hmm. And then I went, yeah, I do want to respond to everybody. I'll reply to all. And I just said something like, well, I guess I didn't state my what I said very clearly because I really felt uncertain. And so I, even though I put it out in a statement, I was really expecting somebody on this thread to confirm or deny my understanding. And so I thought, okay, I've now clarified. And so then the person who sent the original thread agrees with the guy who says, I agree that translation of hers was unnecessary. And I'm like, Whoa, I just feel like I just went into a twilight zone. What's (laughs) up with all this? Yeah. And I'm like, hmm. And now, yeah, I'm going to say I'm usually kind of the one who takes the lead in this little group of people who shares information with great clarity. So the fact that I didn't share it, that wasn't a problem for me. But I like want to really make sure I really understand it. But now I feel like I've been slammed twice. (laughs) And so I'm like, okay. Well, because of the person who did what I call the second slamming, I thought, okay, normally she's really nice to me. She's one of my best supporters. So where is this coming from? What am I missing? So I I literally took a step back. I pushed my chair back and I stared at the email and then I started laughing because I never read the subject line of the email. I only read the body of the email and the subject line basically says, 
all personal expenses will now be reimbursed in your paycheck. They will be included in your paycheck. And it was like, as clear as day. And I went, oh, okay. And so I started giggling. So I did a reply to all. And I just said, duh, okay. I just realized I never read the subject. Had I read the subject, I would have had complete certainty about what what, what the policy change is. Um, obviously, I didn't read it, which is why I had a question. And then I put a bitmoji that just said, sorry. You know, that was my way of softening it. And so anyway, I sent that off. Nobody has responded since. And I'm sure that to me was like, okay, now that's a, a done thing. But how I feel like it fits into what we're talking about is – other people were having, I guess, their interpretation of what the hell is wrong with Wendy today, and she's being an idiot. <laughs> and I love to compare the old me with the new me, because the old me would have gotten really hurt, been really upset. Then when I realized I didn't read the subject line, I would have been really embarrassed and humiliated. And instead, it's like, the first slam, I went, huh, well, that came out of left field. Don't know where he's coming from today, but whatever it is, it's about him, not about me, and I'm moving on. Then the second slam comes, and I'm like, huh, what's up? And I start getting curious and asking more questions. And then I see the clarity of the subject line totally said what needed to be said. And then I just found it laughable. But the old me wouldn't have been able to find this funny at all. Mm. Yeah. The old me would have felt exposed to my coworkers that I want to look like I know what I'm talking about. Um, but this Wendy, the version of me today, was like, well, I'm human just like everybody else. See, you know, this is my example of my humanity. And I didn't just back away by not responding. Um, I was willing to stay in the conversation because I wasn't having an issue. And I still don't. But it's like, what a huge difference from once upon a time to where I am today that other people, I felt like two other people got very judgmental very quickly. And did they need to do that? No. Not really, no. But if I were to take a wild guess, the first guy that threw the first stab, I think he, he did so because he felt like I was being insulting to them that I was having to translate this like they're not smart enough to figure out what those words meant. And I thought, wow, it truly isn't when, when I say it's really about them and not about me. The reason they responded is because it's really about them and not oh, about me. Very much so. Yes. That, that's a, you key, know, and that's I'm a big not thing even with tr- it. I'm not even. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, go ahead. Finish your thought. I'm not even trying to judge them. I was just aware. It's like by having the awareness of where they're coming from, um, I was more energetically delicate in how I wanted to respond. Mm -hmm. Because this was nothing to, I didn't want to get into a fight because there was something to fight about. Mm. It was kind of like, we all have our points of view. Isn't that cool? (laughs) Exactly. What were you going to (laughs) say? Well, I I was just going to kind of piggyback on it a little bit because I've I've often maintained, and I, I think you probably agree with this too, that email in some ways is one of the worst ways to communicate second only to text message because you know <laughs> even without even with emojis the simple fact is you lack key indicators like body language 
and smiles and frowns and so forth that are actually on the face of the person who's talking to you when you're reading an email. So what do we do as humans? We bring our own current emotional context to the email. And then we mm -hmm. understand and, and interpret what we're seeing in the email within that context. So if we're not feeling it in a really great place, when an email comes across, if it has even a, a slight bit of confusion in it, we'll tend to interpret it as if, oh, that's just another reinforcement of this thing, whatever it is that I'm currently dealing with. <laughs> exactly. it, we, we, we introduce emotion that isn't even there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's so noteworthy about we the exchange you had. Yeah, there if was... we were talking on the phone, no, I would not no. have been confused because I, I could have asked a question and they would have clarified. I went, oh, okay, I get it now. All's good. I mean, I can see how in the past I could have gotten an email like that and my bad reaction would have been, well, that's really a dumb way to do it. You don't put your main point in the subject and express expect that's the communication. What's the point of having a body of an email? You put it in the body too, so it's clear. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, the body of this email was not clear. And when I tried to get clarification by using the link, that just took me into like a world of tons of confusion. Um, and you know what's funny? I, I don't remember how many... Uh, iterations ago, this happened when Microsoft Outlook, you know, upgraded and changed their stuff. But when you're creating an email, it's to me, it's very clear to put in the subject line and then the body. Yeah. But when you receive an email, the subject doesn't take on the prominence that it does when you're writing the email. Isn't that, isn't that an amazing thing? It's really true. And so I even remember when we went to, I think we're on 2013 right now. There's a big gap between the subject and then there's all the two people and the CCs and the whatnot. There's all sorts of other crap in there. Mm -hmm. And then you get the body. And I think I've just trained myself to go straight to the body. Yeah. And I really only use the subject when I'm sorting. You know, so it is interesting because some people, like I have one coworker, his entire message is in the subject. So at least when I see nothing in the body, it causes me to look at the subject and then I see what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. I mean, email and texting are just really notorious ways for poor oh, communication. Are. Yeah. And I was reading an article yesterday uh, with eHarmony talking about um, text messaging and how it's really easy for, like if somebody texts you and you don't respond like immediately, the person who sent the text, if they have an expectation that you should respond within five to 10 minutes and you don't, then they think you've blown them off, mm -hmm. you know? And so it was a really good article because it talked about having really good, clear expectations and setting some really good boundaries with communication, um, such as just to let you know during the workday, I'm not able to respond to text. Mm hmm you know, yep. but in the evening, you know, that's when I'll be able to. Um, and I thought, well, that's really good. And then another really good idea is they said, don't get into questions like, so what do you like to do for vacation? Or, you know, what's your favorite, you know, restaurant? It's like bigger, deeper subjects that require lengthier things. That's not a place for text messaging. Text messaging is, hey, let's meet at four o'clock or I have to move the appointment to Three, or just really quick logistics stuff. But like when you're just getting to know somebody, or if you just don't know someone well at all, 
it's like putting really important information in a text form is almost an absolute, um, oh, what's the word? You're definitely going to end up not wanting to communicate what you want to communicate. Mm. And that's where it's appropriate to say, can we take this offline? Can we put, let's save this conversation for a phone Mm -hmm. conversation or an in-person meeting, you know? So at least you're not blowing the person off, but you're, you know, wanting to set some better guidelines. And I've been known to do that. You know, like I've had clients that want to send me tons of information in a text. And I might have 20 ideas that have come to me. And there's no way I can, or even in an email, I can't give that feedback in a way that I feel is appropriate. And so I'll say, wow, this is some really good food for our next session. (laughs) <laughs> can mm-hmm. you hold on until then mm-hmm. <laughs> or if not do we need to move the session up but i don't want to be misunderstood in a text message and there are usually clues i mean you, you can usually tell like you you were able to tell with the uh, two email responses you got where you felt like you were being slammed it's pretty clear when there is a true negative emotion going on in most cases where it's actually going on So that's usually the best time to say, let's stop this textual communication and do something else. You got your first clue right there. You know, do we always stop then? No, (laughs) I can't say I always have, (laughs) but still it's a good clue. You know, it's a good time to to kind of stop and, you know, take inventory. (laughs) Well, and I love the word that you just said, clue. There are clues. There are clues to how people feel based on how they communicate whether it's through their body language, their tone of voice, or the words that they use, or even the emojis <laughs> that are being used. Yeah, right. You know, you can tell. Um, but not everybody is schooled in those clues or know what to do with those clues. Nope. And so in, in one of my NLP courses, I remember learning he who has the better communication skills controls the communication and is also more responsible in the communication. Yes, both are true. I'm not quite sure I always liked that part. But but it's true, though. (laughs) But it's true because, like, I saw my two coworkers kind of going off on the deep end. Oh, yeah. And I thought, okay, well, how do I want to respond? Do I want to respond? And, yes, I wrote two quick emails where I had half a sentence and I hit delete. Then I did it again and I hit delete. And then it was the third time I went, no, I really do want to respond because I want to put an end to this, but I want to do it in a way that helps everybody feel good. Because I also know there's like five or six other people on this thread that haven't said anything and they're actually being dragged through whatever emotions are going on right now. Good point. And like, I know one of them is on PTO, so she's going to see this in two weeks going, what the hell are these people talking about? <laughs> and why are they being so ugly? <laughs> yeah. So I want to, you know, I put the onus on myself, you know, and I just said, wow, I just realized I totally didn't read the subject line. You know, totally my bad. You know, I said, I only read the, the body, which is why I, I asked the question that I did. But obviously I got it now. And then my bitmoji was really big and it's cute. And it's like, sorry. So that was my way of just softening the situation and saying, okay, everybody just take a chill pill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I will also say, 
while I'm emailing this and writing up the email and finding the Bitmoji, I'm also practicing um, sending energy to everybody who's on this email thread. Wow, very to good. To say, hey, good. it's all okay. Hey, every, anybody who's gotten their feathers all ruffled, like, let them smooth out. It's really fine. And not because I'm trying to control, but because I'm offering the vibration of it's all okay. And those who are willing to accept it, they'll be soothed by it. Those who are not, will not. But that's my participation. That's what I choose to offer. That's the kindness that I want to, to be. Because um, we all have a choice what we want to do. And I could have slammed him back if I wanted to. I just wasn't, you know, I didn't take it that way. And that would never be my intention. So right. it just, it, we really do have incredible influence that we can use if we stay aligned to who we really are and what our true intentions are. We have a huge level of influence. Also, and I believe that's what Abraham is saying in this. Oh, yeah. um, they didn't say it quite the way I did. But no, no, I'd no. like to be an influence for good. I, I think everybody can be. And I want to point out one other thing about this uh, little story that you told. We don't know what was going on in the hearts and minds of the people who responded when they slammed you. What we do know right. is that it had a harshness to it, which means there was some kind of negative thing already cooking in them. Like you pointed out that this was them bringing their own stuff to the table, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And yet you managed to find a way to be positively influential. That is, I think, a useful piece of information that it is possible in the face of negative emotion that's directed at you to find that positive place and to be influential from that positive place. And I think it's important to recognize that. I think there are a number of people who believe and I don't want to get too deeply into this because we want to stay away from a really deeply negative conversation, but I think there are a number of people who really do believe that there are certain situations in which nothing you say or do can possibly have a positive influence, particularly if the other person is really in a very, very negative place. And I think your example of what happened in this situation shows that's not true. You can have a positive influence. Does that mean the positive influence I, is I, going to produce a, the, the ideal result you want? No, not necessarily. Right. But that's the point I mean, of, of it being an influence. Always, it, yeah, we always have the opportunity, if we choose to, to be a positive influence. Yeah. But we have no control over how people receive it. No. It all comes down and to I what their alignment is. If they're in alignment, then they're going to receive it well. And it's going to reinforce whatever it is that they're working on. If they're in a bad place and they insist on staying in a bad place, well, you can't do much about that. It's their life. And that's why I like to recognize it's none of my business and I'm staying in my lane. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's good, good, good practice. It's a good idea. Yeah. And in my lane, I was feeling good. And in my lane, the first email caused confusion. And in my lane... Um, my second email was, hey, can somebody help clarify this? I may not have said that in those words because I actually made a statement by saying, so what I take this to mean is X, Y, Z. But I, I felt like I left that open for anybody to say, oh, no, you misunderstood. And I would have been totally accepting of that because that's really what my intention was. But I was staying in my lane. And I'm not, I'm not um, needing to control 
how anybody else receives anything. I just want I just wanted to feel good. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that. And so that's, that's good. me staying in my lane. Yeah. By the way, I also want to point out it would probably have been an entirely different conversation if it had been like a group phone call. And what I mean by that is if somebody had read off the statement and you had repeated it, somebody would have said, well, that's what he just said. They wouldn't have gotten, you know, uh, necessarily directly, oh, well, that was an inappropriate thing to say or something like that. It would more likely have been just, well, isn't that what she just said? Oh, I didn't realize she just said. Oh, when he's when he's off in, in her own land. Oh, ha, 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 ha. No big deal. Different feeling entirely. It would have probably turned into a joke, is what my point is. Well, and you know, that, that reminds me. I, I remember having this happen several times with different people I work with, where I will begin a conversation saying something like, the sky is blue, but at night it looks dark. Okay, I'm making this up. <laughs> okay. And then I go on and I talk about some other things. And then... One of my coworkers who I'm talking with will say, but Wendy, the sky is blue and at night it gets dark. And I'll think to myself, okay, what part of me saying that in the beginning did they not hear? Exactly, yeah. But I realize, but they didn't hear it. That's right. Had they heard it, they wouldn't have made this statement. They wouldn't have just repeated what I had already said up at the top of the conversation. Or perhaps they, so, they, perhaps they did hear it and they just didn't make the connection that, oh, yeah, that was actually said to me. That That is not something that occurred in my own mind. <laughs> well, I mean, I I would know they heard it with their ears, but it didn't mean they really comprehended they didn't really, it. Yeah, they didn't capture it consciously. Yeah. And so in the past, I used to feel insulted, like, are you not listening to me? Right, yeah. And now my, a newer way that I converse is like, yes, thank you. That's exactly what I was wanting to say. <laughs> That's good. And I don't have to tell anybody I said it at the top of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I can just like let it go and go, great, we're in agreement now. Because really, that's my intention. It's more important for me to have agree- agreement than it is to prove how smart I am. Although for a very long time, it was much more important to show how smart I was. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I've already acknowledged I'm really smart. So I don't need other people to acknowledge it or validate it anymore. Mm-hmm. Now I want happiness and I want agreement. That's what, that's what brings me joy. <laughs> that's a good thing. Those are very good things. So let's see. We have about nine minutes left. We got enough time to do this last one here, I think. It's not that's quite good. as connected, but, it, but it's, you know, it's still a good topic. The subtopic is the subtle difference between wanting and needing, which I think if I understand where they're going with this, we'll have to see. This is one of those things where it just depends on what, how you define words. But let's see what they have to say. They say, just as the difference between positive emotion and negative emotion can sometimes be very subtle, the difference between wanting and needing can be very subtle. When you are focusing upon what you want, your inner being offers you positive emotion. When you are focusing upon what you need, your inner being offers you negative emotion because you are not focused upon what you want. You are focused upon the lack of what you want, and your inner being knows that 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 which you give thought to is that which you attract. Your inner being knows that you do not want the lack. Your inner being knows you want what you want, and your inner being is offering you guidance so that you will know the difference. Focusing upon a solution makes you feel positive emotion. Focusing upon a problem makes you feel negative emotion. And while the differences are subtle, they are very important for when you are feeling positive emotion, you are attracting into your experience 
that which you want. When you are feeling negative emotion, though, you are attracting into your experience that which you do not want. And okay. This is where Go I think ahead. it all comes I'm... down to definitions. How do you, how does one define the words want and need? Because I'll tell you honestly, from my perspective, they're both pretty much the same. <laughs> but I do so know people mean them differently. You think of wanting as um, the lack of something you desire. I think they saying? both. I think they both express a, a feeling of lack. For me, I prefer the word desire if it's a positive expression. But that's not the way right. everybody well, looks they, at it. Well, and they didn't use the word desire here. No, they didn't. They, they were choosing between want. See, yeah. can me, want and desire are like synonymous. I see them as identical. But I do recognize that some people use the word want in terms of they don't have what they really desire yet. Oh, yeah. And, like, and there, there's actually like a lot they're of... they're less wanting. There's, there's a lot of historical background for that. Um, one of the most notable examples comes from Charles Dickens in his uh, uh, story, The Christmas Carol. He, he talks about, uh, he, he shows two children. The, the ghost shows two children. One of them is ignorance. The other one is want. And want in that case means lack very clearly. It doesn't mean great desire. <laughs> it means I don't have it right now. Got it. Well, the thing that stuck out to me, and this is like something to explore, I don't know if Abraham downloaded this. Well, Abraham always downloads the information to Esther, and I don't know if how she interpreted it in this moment, but I'm looking um, at the bottom of 128, Walt, where it says, when you're focusing upon what you want, your inner being offers you positive emotion. Now, that part is like, okay, I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it says, when you are focusing upon what you need, your offer, your inner being offers you negative emotion. Yeah. Now, That's I've an interesting never point. Thought <laughs> of, I've never thought of my inner being offering me emotion at all. Yeah. I always thought that my, that, that I experienced emotion purely based on the difference between how I'm focusing on something and how my inner being is focused. Yeah, that's a great I point because because this kind of contradicts other things that they've said, and, and you're you're hitting a really good point when you say that. And I, so far, this is the only place I've ever witnessed where, it, it in any of Abraham Hicks' materials, it's saying that your inner being offers you emotion. Mm. That was not something I've ever. I I don't recall ever hearing them say that in all of the how hundreds and thousands of hours of audios that I've listened to. Mm. So I'm not exactly sure what to do with that. Um, well, I have an idea of what to do with it. Okay. I, I, my idea is that when this book was um, being received by Esther, it was at a time when, for whatever reason, I don't know exactly what the reason would have been, for whatever reason, she was not interpreting the thought blocks that she was getting using the same pattern she always had. And so she came up with this new wording and the new wording in my mind is really just a, a, a kind of poorly worded way of saying not that the inner being gives you negative emotion, but that the negative emotion comes from the difference between what your inner being is putting out and what you're putting out. It's just a, it's a, it's a poor way of saying the same thing that they usually say. That's the way I'm looking yeah, at well it. The book is published in 2006, 
Mm-hmm. So that was 12 years ago. Yep. And I, I would say that as, as Esther and Abraham's relationship has matured, uh, there has been more consistency in the stories and the wording. And so you might be, might be right. It may have been, this is how Esther interpreted it in 2006, but perhaps today she would interpret it slightly different. Yeah. Um, because I've heard them say over and over and over that our emotion or our feeling that we experience equals the gap between our thoughts and our inner being thoughts. Mm-hmm. Which so, I think is a much more precise way of expressing it anyway. Yeah, and I've never thought of it in terms of emotions being offered to us. It was more like a reaction or the result of yeah. that gap. That, that's so. why I think it's it's just uh, an older kind of weird wording that came out of Esther because she wasn't used to expressing this idea before because she hadn't been getting it a lot, of, a, a lot of the time yet. And whereas now she's getting it a lot, so she has been able to refine and refine down to, okay, here's what the wording really needs to be. That makes sense. Yeah. But it was a good catch. You I know, like that you caught that. Because I, I kind of <laughs> skimmed over it and I said, wait a minute, she's right. That's not the way they normally express it. You know, my natural learning style is about recognizing patterns. Mm-hmm. And so I'm constantly looking for congruence or difference. Mm-hmm. And if I find a lot of congruence, that equals a pattern. Mm-hmm. And when I find something different, then it's because it's supporting the pattern. Mm. And then that causes me to go and investigate. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> or bring it up for exploration. Hey, that works. Works for me. I'll tell that's, you that. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's how I that's how I listen when we read because I've read the book. I know the material, but I like it when you read because I'm able to be an observer and I can like hear the information differently than when I'm a reader. Well, it certainly worked in that case because, I, like you said, I was reading it and I, I mentally glossed over that. It didn't occur to me that there was a, an incongruency going on there. I just, you know, the, the general theme seemed okay, so I was just moving right along. <laughs> and for anybody who's listening going, okay, Walt and Wendy, what are you guys up to now? You know, our show is, we, we, we have a conversation. And, you know, it, it's to me, it's just as valid to agree with Abraham as it is to explore what they're talking about and challenge what they're talking about. Because, you know, I think it's important that whatever we choose to believe, we believe it because we believe it, mm-hmm. not because someone told it to us, yeah. not because I said it and I say, oh, I'm an authority on this. It's like, don't believe what I say just because I say it. Check it out for yourself. Prove it in your own life. Discuss it with your own inner being. And come to your own awareness and understanding. Because, you know, that's the thing I love about our inner beings. They will always help to produce the truth that we desire to to know. That's very true. And so. So on that note, since since I think we're really out of time, we'll have to leave it there. We'll pick mm -hmm. it up again tomorrow. Does that sound good to you? Sounds good to me. Then we will do just that. We hope you come back and join us as well here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye for now.